Welcome to Ecclesia Principles, a biblical strategy for believers to engage in God's design for government with Ray Eppard. Hello, glad you could join us again today. This week, we are talking about what we're not saying. <laughs> if, if you would, every line of thought uh, can be carried out to its ultimate conclusion, unless, of course, you stop somewhere. And, and if you would, what we're looking at this week are the boundaries that God has set on the things we've been talking about. In other words, it is our responsibility to advance the kingdom of God in the earth. We're to seek His kingdom and His righteousness. We're to seek the advancement of, of God's reign in the earth, and we're to seek the advancement of the things He approves. We're to do that. And the, the gates of hell will not prevail against the ecclesia. But with that, we've looked at the fact that when Jesus returns to this earth, there will be sheep nations, and there will be goat nations. Very important to understand because some people, they'll take what we're saying, oh, in other words, there'll just be all sheep nations when Jesus returns. Oh, no, there won't be. No, the Bible says there'll be both. But on the flip side, uh, too many people have this conclusion that as the end times arrive, all nations are going to be goat nations. Uh, no, there will be sheep nations and goat nations. And... Uh, what I do present to you for thought, could it be that since the gates of hell do not prevail against the church, could the difference be between sheep nations and goat nations what the church does in those nations? When the ecclesia stands up, the, the nation becomes a sheep nation. If the church doesn't stand up, it becomes a goat nation. Because as we talked about yesterday, again, one of the boundaries is every person has the right of self-government. They can make their choice. Just like Adam and Eve made the choice to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in disobedience to God. They did not have the moral right to do it. But if you would, they had the legal right to do it. God gave them the right to choose. That is why he did not stop them from eating it. They had the right to choose evil. So with that, self-government has been given by God to every person. So with that, every person is going to make their own decision. And we have to understand that in the application of what we believe from the Bible. We, we promote what God says. We promote God's will. We promote God's purpose. We, we promote His kingdom. But people have their own choices to make. And, and that's it. They do. And so, but we endeavor to win them to Him. Now, today I want to take up with that same thought of jurisdiction only I want to move it to the next level. God created four jurisdictions. Chronologically speaking, he created self-government first in Genesis chapter 1. He created family government in Genesis chapter 2. He created civil government in Genesis chapter 9. 
and he created church government, and the reference I'll give you for that is Matthew 28, when Jesus said, all power has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Jesus is the head of the church, and his authority has been delegated down through his church, through his ecclesia. He created that at that point. Now, with this, the thing I want us to understand today, because this, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to parse some words today. I, I'm going to delineate some things. Because sometimes people say things and it doesn't come out the best way. And so I want to, um, I want to help us understand some things with this. Because part of this is the idea and the concept of the separation of church and state. First, let me put it this way. I believe in the separation of church and state as defined by the First Amendment. The First Amendment is in line with the Bible. Government shall not establish a religion nor prohibit the free exercise thereof. See, right now, the only thing government is doing is trying to clamp down on the establishment, and they are prohibiting the free exercise. You see it every day. What they, and, and if you would, that difference is what some people are attacking that would, let's say, agree with me, that I would be in line with. And they'll say, there is no such thing as separation of church and state. That's the way they will say it. Well, most of the time what they're talking about is the current application of that. That it's only government can't establish anything. And that you can't bring your faith into government. You can't bring your faith into policies. You can't bring your faith. That, there is no such thing as that in our government, because that is prohibiting the free exercise thereof. But again, to me, the best way to say it is, I believe in separation of church and state as defined by the First Amendment. Now, this fits with Romans 13.1. Now, Romans 13.1, I'll use a phrase that I heard a, a country preacher use one time about, it was a different verse. But his statement was, well, you know, this, this verse has been spit on and slobbered over so much. Uh, the bottom line is Romans 13.1 has been talked about in so many ways that is not accurate. And we really need to understand what it is saying. So let's read it and we'll break it down as we go. Romans 13.1, let every soul, that's let every person. Now you see, at this point, that means government official. That means congressman, senator, delegate, president, vice president. Let every soul, every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. Well, what authorities did God create? He created the authority of self-government. 
He created the authority of family government. You know, one, one of the greatest litmus tests for a totalitarian government is when government tries to replace the role of parents in relationship to their children. And I'll use a Hebrew word, selah. You need to think about that. So much of what is happening in our government right now is designed to put the government in the place of parents regarding their children. That is a totalitarian form of government. We have people in our government trying to move us toward a totalitarian form of government by replacing the parents with government authority. You get self-government, family government, civil government, and you've got church government. If you would, the thing we have to understand is civil government has its own jurisdiction. Church government has its own jurisdiction. A jurisdiction has boundaries. If you would, the church's boundary does not go in to the government, nor does the government's go in to the church. Hence the First Amendment. Government cannot establish, but government can also not prohibit the free exercise thereof. And you see, they are two separate jurisdictions, should always remain two separate jurisdictions. But the bottom line is a person who is in government can be in the church. A person who is in church can be in the government. And the bottom line is they don't have to change their beliefs based on where they are. Because having to change their beliefs based on where they are is prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Church, if you would, uh, some of you may remember when King Charles, it's, it's, uh, it's still kind of hard to not say Queen Elizabeth, but King Charles, when he became king, and you can look this up, his first official act as king was signing a document saying that he would continue to maintain, because see, he is king of England and head of the Church of England. His first document that he signed was is that as king and head of the Church of England, he would not... He would not persecute, basically, that's not exactly what it said, but he would not persecute the other churches, that he would allow them to function. You see, that is what the founding fathers were coming against when they created separation of church and state, that the head of the church cannot also be the head of the government. They have to be separate jurisdictions. They have to be separate. It doesn't mean that the people can't mingle, but the head of the government cannot be the head of the church. And you see right now, ultimately, what so many 
are trying to do now is to make it where the government decides what you can say, what you can believe, how you can express it in all areas. If you would, it is those people <laughs> that are breaking the separation of church and state. They're trying to make the leader of the government the controller of civil government and the controller of faith. They are the ones violating the separation of church and state in all honesty because their religion is the religion of humanism. Man is the authority. And, and the bottom line is they are trying to bring it back to the way it was in England, that whoever is the head of the government dictates government and it di they dictate faith. That is what the First Amendment prohibits. We're not the ones violating it. They are, when it's understood properly. The two should be separate. They should be separate. As far as the... And bottom line, it really comes down to the head of government not being the head of faith. The head of government not being the one that has any say. Can't establish it, can't prohibit it. Government has no voice in those areas. That's what the First Amendment says. And that is the way it should be. God bless you. On YouTube and Facebook on our Ray Eppard pages. This program was brought to you by Victory Worship Center and World Outreach. Services Sunday, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, 200 Hammond Lane, Stanton, Virginia. To everything, there is a season, a time to plant and a time to harvest. Ecclesiastes 312. Augustus Seed is an independent, family-owned and operated seed company located in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. They provide quality seed, first-class genetics, and affordable prices. Get your seed and start planting today. Contact Augustus Seed online at AugustusSeed.com.